Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's episode, States' Rights. States' rights is a very loaded term here in the United States, and a little background may be in order for our listeners outside of the states. The original idea behind the federal government was that it had a certain number of things that it was allowed to do, and that was it, and everything else would be the job of the states. However, as soon as it was formed, it started getting bigger. That's what government does. It grows and grows and grows, and it came to a head with the Civil War. The Civil War was fought over a number of issues, but slavery is the one that sticks in most people's minds, and it was a big part of it. It had always been assumed that the states could secede from the Union if they were unhappy with it. And so when several southern states said, "Uh, we're out of here, Lincoln said, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, and 625,000 lives later, the Civil War was over. And there are still people in the South who are fighting it and who are pissed off about it. And although the slaves were freed, many Southern states responded by passing laws that required discrimination. The Northern states didn't do it by law so much as they just did it by tradition. In the late 50s and early 60s, when the Civil Rights Movement came about, it became a states' rights issue. Some of these southern states said, no, we want segregation. That is our right as a state. We claim states' rights. And so, with that particular background in history, the phrase states' rights reeks of racism for lots and lots of people. Although it shouldn't, because there's lots of things that states' rights involve that have absolutely no racial component at all. One of the first instances that I was aware of when I was growing up was the national speed limit. Congress put in a national speed limit of 55 miles an hour, which was just stupid. It was stupid in a lot of ways in a lot of places. Of course, it makes sense to have reasonable speed limits. But when you're in a place like Texas, where everything is 80 miles from everything else, and the roads are straight enough that you can practically take a nap on the way there, a 55 mile an hour speed limit was ridiculous. There are also plenty of interstate highways and other roads that were designed for cars to be traveling 70, 75, 80 miles an hour. Everybody hated this law except the cops who got to write lots of tickets and the insurance companies that got to jack up everybody's rates because of those tickets. Some states protested it by handing out not speeding tickets, but tickets for things like imprudent use of fuel in order to meet their quota of tickets to keep the feds happy. Just a little side note, the anthem to fight that was Sammy Hager's I Can't Drive 55, and as far as I can figure, it was inspired when he got stopped about 20 miles from my house on a stretch of highway known as the North Way. Cops told him he had to drive 55, and he said, I can't drive 55. And then when he arrived at his destination, he immediately sat down and wrote the most successful song in his career. Eventually, the law was repealed, largely because states were threatening to sue the federal government over it, and 
they certainly didn't want a decision against them in anything that involves states' rights. Side note number two, when the law was set to be repealed, nannies came out of the woodwork and claimed that it was going to cost 5,000 lives a year. 5,000 more people would die on the highways because of this law. And they repeated that ass number over and over again, and it got quoted and repeated. But the first year, the actual number of deaths per mile driven went down. And surprisingly, none of the nannies came back to apologize for their error. Many states have passed laws making medical marijuana legal. So it's legal as far as the state is concerned, but the feds still come in and raid these places. Obama, by the way, promised that he was going to stop that, and within a month of that promise, there were eight different raids, and they're still going on. Another place that the states are fighting the feds is with Real ID. Real ID was tacked onto a military appropriations bill, so nobody wanted to vote against it. And it said that all states had to have one universal ID, one universal driver's license, and for non-drivers, an ID card that would all tap into some central federal database, turning us into a may I have your papers, please, nation. And 25 of the 50 states have passed laws against it, saying, no, we're not going to do it. And the feds have just kind of quietly let it die and try to sneak other things in to get the same result. Obamacare has resulted in several states passing laws against one of the central pieces of it, the piece that requires people to have insurance and to buy it if they're not getting it from their employer. I think one state even put it in their constitution, although I'm not certain of that. I'd have to check on that. But at least a half a dozen states have gone and passed laws and said no to the feds. They're not going to do it. Texas has told the EPA to go pound sand on certain issues. I said, no, we're not going to follow your commands and demands. They're ridiculous. We want no part of them. And then one of the most public battles, the Arizona immigration law. Arizona, rightly or wrongly, feels they're being overrun by immigrants and the feds aren't doing a damn thing about it. So they've passed a law giving police officers, local police officers, the right to enforce the federal laws. And this has caused all kinds of consternation and screaming and, of course, cries of racism. But what's really going on with states' rights? Where is it going to go? Where is it going to lead? The feds have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, completely gotten away from the idea of one federal government with enumerated powers, and now they feel they have the power to make any rules, any regulations that they like, including regulations that are put out by regulatory bodies, which have the full force of law, but these people are not answerable to anyone. Whatever they say you're supposed to do, you better do it. Because although they call them regulations, they have the power of law. What we need to see is local sheriffs standing up to the feds when it comes to states' rights issues. For instance, in a state where medical marijuana is legal, when the feds come barreling in 
and shut down dispensaries. We need a local sheriff who's got the balls to go and arrest those federal agents, put them in jail, get them charged with violating state law, and then just for fun, use confiscation laws to auction off every piece of their equipment. And we need somebody that's willing to do this, is willing to stand up. And it's going to be a very hairy thing when it happens. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I do think it's going to happen sometime in the next few years. And when it does, it'll get fought all the way up to the Supremes. And the Supremes, who really love the big brother that writes their paychecks, and especially federal big brother, are almost guaranteed to rule in favor of the feds. And then we'll see what happens. Personally, I'm afraid that whoever tries to stand up to the feds based on state law or even local law is just going to back down. But we can't say for sure. It's going to be, at the very least, very interesting. So just remember, folks, when you hear the phrase states' rights, Try and shed that penumbra of racism that has surrounded those words. Because in some cases that's appropriate, but in most cases it's not. It's a response to just how big and overpowering the federal government has become. And that, my friends, is a good thing. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations. You've been Smartinized. The music that you're hearing is my wonderful shadow from the Aquamarines. They have a new CD out, so go to theaquamarines.com, check it out, and uh, buy it. Be sure to check out the Quick Hits blog and all the other things that you can find at davehit.com. There are just millions of things there. It's been going since 1999, so a lot of crap has accumulated, and some of it is amusing, and a little of it is even enlightening. So stop on by to DaveHit.com, and that is all I have for you today, folks. Except to remind you that the Quick Hits Podcast is little more than a journal of one man's opinion, and therefore should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.